welcome to the very first episode of So-Called Oreos Podcast. You're here with your host, Kia Swin, and my co-host, Amari Pollard, Rachel Fowler, and Janae Price. And thanks for listening to our very first episode. So each week or, you know, episode, you guys are going to hear a segment from each of us. And my segment is This Week in Black History, where I'm going to give you a fact or two of what went on this week, um, you know, back in the ancestors days. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that back in the ancestors yeah, days. I didn't know how it was it's like history, but like, back you know, in the day. back in the day when the ancestors were here. Okay. So April 29th, 1992, this was the first day of the LA riots, which sparked which was sparked by the acquittal of four white cops in the beating of Rodney King. And on May 2nd, they finally started to clean up and rebuild the city after the riots. Yo, sidebar, my dad was there. I got pictures. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah. Really cool. share. Um, he was visiting my Uncle Woody. You got um, an Uncle Woody? Yeah, I got an Uncle Woody. He's a really cool dude. He, for a very decent time of my life, he only wore blue-tinted glasses he's he's cool rad dude rad dude um but yeah my dad was there he was visiting my uncle woody and the riots popped off and there you are and he was there for the uh, million man march too wow i'm so sorry i just said ancestor days i realized that's 1992 (laughs) i was about to say say, your dad your dad is not that i was like that sounds hella disrespectful you're like my dad was there um okay wait it it varies you know some stuff is like the 60s 1800s our elders yeah Yeah, but like should have said that. But like, yeah. how cool is it that like we know people that were alive for these like significant uh, moments in history? Yeah, I know, and they get to share their stories with us, right? But like, also, cool. our grandchildren are be like, my mother, my grandmother was alive when the first black man was yeah. elected president yeah. twice, yeah. and it's like, wow. and she voted. Yeah, and like, then afterward, a Cheeto was elected. That's, that's just as big, though. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just it's crazy. Trump's an idiot. Yeah, so it's that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the second fact is May 1, 1986. Shanita Latrice, also known as Tia Norfleet. I hope okay, I said her name Shanita right. Okay, Shanita Tina. Hey, Shanita Tina. Okay, okay. I can't do it. 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 She was the first, and as of 2016, only after. African American female to be licensed as a NASCAR driver. Wow, we're in NASCAR too. Yo, you can't. I was not expecting that. Every kid. Yeah, I was like, that's really different and interesting. I like that fact. Give us the whitest sport ever. We'll dominate. We got tennis. Mm. Apparently, we we got NASCAR. Yeah, we got Mm. it. We even got some lacrosse players out there. I can't name them, but they're there. <laughs> I went to school with a black lacrosse player. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. You're next yeah, to he went to college. Um, oh, you you did lacrosse? Yeah, except I I had to bow out because I hurt myself. My it's ex- a pinker. I told you know, my that's going to be an episode of sports. It just remind me to yes. do that. Yes. In the future, mm-hmm. sports. Sports are sports. Um, yeah, so that's my little segment. And now to Amari's segment. Yes, we're going to go on to something a little bit. No, well, that wasn't even heavy. It was heavy at first, and then we went on to something. I'm like, going to try not to do, like, negative facts. Like, no, this is not, not a lot. No, I liked that. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that. No, yeah, so we're going to continue on this high note and go into pop culture. What a lot of people don't know about me is I'm a pop culture geek, and I know a lot of weird, random facts. And she has a lot of DVDs about Dude, every, yes. every <laughs> cheesy, Rom-com. pivotal, important rom-com you've ever seen. Harry Met Sally music and lyrics 
you've got mail, I got it all. But yes, okay, so this week we're gonna focus on Game of Thrones because it's been huge, that's all anyone's talking about, and we're two or so episodes into the season, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna try to uh, ruin it for anyone, but I've been kind of... I know they're moving into something important. I've been a little bit bored so far. Just because I'm bored? I'm just like, where's the death? I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> social media's been it. dry. Like, I'm surprised because I'm waiting until they're gonna build the it up. End, so I haven't heard any, like, spoiler alerts. I feel yet. like the first episode I saw a bunch of people on Twitter. And I'm so glad. I love black Twitter because it's just mm-hmm. amazing. But I love that I can get the Game of Thrones things now. Mm-hmm. But in the second episode, I don't know if I would just wasn't paying attention, but it was a little dry. It was what? dry, and it happened Sorry. very quickly. Like, I looked up, and I was like, oh. It's over, but I think it's because they were focusing on, on like the really little tiny moments between each character. Yeah. So, and a lot of people think the buildup is for this week's episode. It is because it is. it's going to be the longest battle sequence in television history. Yeah. And the episode is going to be what like an hour and a half. It's about to be insane. Mm-hmm. But to kind of, I want us to focus on for a little bit about um, Grey Worm and Misandry. Those guys coming in to... um, And if you don't know who those are, those are two black people. Two black... The old literally black. And the Unsullied, but they got a whole bunch of... They never showed the damn Unsullied. Wait, but you got us fighting for you? True. Which is crazy to me. I'm like, you don't want to recognize us, but we can... That's some bullshit. I need to write them. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, but I could feel their level of discomfort when they went to um, Winterfell? When they went to Winterfell. You know, what was crazy about that is the very first episode when you see, I don't want to say her name wrong, I know I'm going to, is it Misandry? I said Misandry. Mis- Mis- oh, Y'all Misandre? know who we talking about. Yeah. You know who She's the only black about. girl on the show. Exactly. <laughs> and but the prettiest one. I thought, <laughs> true. I thought it was so crazy how she's riding on the horse. The first scene, they're all going into Winterfell together and you see the white characters looking at her and she's mm-hmm. kind of like, mm. and I was like, that's weird. They don't put racial tension in Game of Thrones. But they know. But they did. Yeah. And it's been like a low-key theme. A low-key theme. It's subtle. Theme. Yeah, it's very subtle. And I think you can also see it even more because now her and Grey Worm, well, they were already attached, but they're like very much leaning into each other yeah. because they realize that this is not where we belong. This is not where we want to end. Like, they're like planning when, yeah. they, when they make, hopefully, when pray pray Jesus that they both make it through. I'm sorry Grey Worm's dead he's yeah, dead we he's all dead. know he's I know he's any, dead. any character that makes a promise about yeah. the future they gonna die mm-hmm. well the second episode yeah you touched on this but um Basically, Misandre, or I'm sorry, we're all gonna say it. Melisandre. M. No, that's the that's the <laughs> witch. No, that's the witch. Yeah. Misandre. She goes up to the little white kids and she's like, "Hi, how are you?" Because she loves children or yeah. whatever, and, and they just look at her and run. Um, and then Grey Worm's like, "This is where you want to end up, you know? Like, once we're done fighting for our queen, you want to go somewhere else." Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else she says after that. Like yeah. something about like her people, her are, people are kind and are kind, and, and she just wants to go to the beach. And that just made me so sad because I'm like, this chick's probably not gonna go to the beach. She's not gonna. But did you think it was like similar to like coming to America or something? You know, like I want to go back. I think it was like I want to go back. But I think what I kind of liked about it was that when they entered Winterfell, they were on horses. It wasn't like they were on foot. They were kind of on the level. On the level of Daenerys. Oh my god, Daenerys. Of Daenerys, and it's like. Yeah, like your first introduction to black people is black people in positions of power. We're now on the team that's coming to kind of infiltrate your town, and I was like, yes progressiveness sort of <laughs> yeah no, of. I, I like how they put it in there it's yeah. it's cool 
Yeah. So I'm excited to. Well, I'm not excited to see people die. I just really want Tyrion to live. That's all I care about. I want um. Tormund. I think his name. I love him too. Tormund. Yeah. I ran a Taurus. Between him, Brienne's gonna die. Shut up. Brienne's gonna die. I hate you. There's no way she's not gonna die. They had a nice little send off for her in the last episode. She's done. Which is sad. This is cooked. And it's sad because she's like just the most honorable the person. Yeah, she's she just, is. She's just she deserves to rule. She really she, does. If we're being honest, she, she deserves does. to live. She deserves to rule. But that's not the way Game of Thrones works, y'all. No, sure. it's was not. it? Was it? You, you live and you or something. Or some what? Saying. I don't know. There was some <laughs> saying about death and like whatever fighting for Game of Thrones. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Anyways, that was our pop culture for today. <laughs> um, no. So like just to continue, we're I think we're just gonna talk about how we came up with the episode, came up with the, or the, the podcast. podcast, and like how we kind of intru- got introduced to the label of. Oreo and how we're kind of using mm-hmm. this as a way to claim it for ourselves. How yeah. did we come up with the idea? Were we just all sitting there and we were like, "What do I talk about?" Like, how did we? How did we come up with it? I no, honestly I, can't we're remember. We're gonna pitch it to Vice. You were. We right. Yeah. You guys were gonna pitch it to a company. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Y'all can look our, our bios online. We're we were going to pitch it to the company that, that we worked Kia at. and I both worked at, and. It kind of fell through, and then me and Key were both like, well, we definitely still need to do this. Yeah. And I also, like, kind of been thinking about, you know, well, I did radio in college, which is what a lot of people, like, was always like, what are you going to do after college? You know, whatever. And I didn't know, because I didn't have the radio station. And I was like, I'm not going to put out a podcast that I didn't really flesh out the idea. I didn't really know. I didn't want to be, like, pop culture again, you know, because there's 80,000 of them. I didn't want, you know, just a boring podcast. And people were like, what are you going to do? Podcast, podcast, podcast. And it's like, I really want to flesh out this idea. And I couldn't do that on top of, like, starting my new job, all this stuff. I'm 21, just moved out of my parents' house, all this stuff. And I remember my cousin actually was, like, talking about Awkward Black Girl, because I really resonated needed with that um he had like you know saw similarities in that and he was like you know she really took a perspective that was different that a lot of people can relate to but it wasn't really talked about and then she put that in awkward black girl and then insecure kind of spin off of that and i was like you know what do i have that's different because it's like of course there's a bunch of black people there's a bunch of black women but i was like what's my experience that's different and i thought and i was just like okay i can relate to like being called an oreo or like feeling like you don't fit in to one culture or another culture and i'm like and i just kept talking and talking and i feel like so many people were like i feel like that too i feel like that too and i'm like but this is never really talked about in mainstream media you know what i'm saying like we have blackish we have insecure we have whatever but you know i think it's it's talked about in like a different way like because mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people who call themselves awkward or like consider themselves an awkward black girl very much fit under the label of probably, probably being called yeah. oreo too yeah so they're all kind of like intertwined yeah i thought that yeah that's why i was like what what's a very like kind of niche topic right. that but i feel like a lot of people can resonate with that and we've right. gotten some positive responses on yeah that. and it's like you don't even have to be an oreo like i know for other cultures they have different versions i think um a banana a banana is that chinese that's or asian, asian. okay yellow on the outside white in the inside yeah what else i feel like there's other there's different variations um, Mm, I could be wrong. A gringa? A gringo is a white person, a white I think. Person, yeah. And, and I'm wrong, yeah. That's not Mexico else. says yeah, that. I don't. 
Yeah. I don't think that's related to like, unless it is. I, I mean, let us know if we're wrong. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know. Tell us. Um, Comment below. Interaction. But hit yeah. Us up. And I know I was talking to you about it. And we were talking about, I guess this goes for all of us that yeah. we grew up in very white schools. Well, all of us except, <laughs> for, except for me. Rachel, tell us where you grew up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. I was just, my schools were very diverse from elementary school to high school but um i do get what you were saying how not be feel like you're part of that culture mm-hmm. i grew up in a very like strict household we my parents were um really strict on like going to church and the school so a lot of what like my peers would go through i didn't go through because of the way i was raised so i never felt like i was a part of like the black culture, you know, like, like a part of like my community because of how I was raised and I was looked down upon or like looked, um, being conceived as different because, you know, I didn't like listen to the music that they listened to or like dress the way they did or even um, like watching like certain movies. So like it was very different for me like growing up. Yeah. I mean, I can't relate to that like on a, like fully, but like I get it. My parents are Jamaican. So the way we were raised um they always like to remind me that like you may live in america but you were raised in a jamaican household like these are your values these are kind of what we do and and i don't know like i think a lot of caribbean parents are just like strict as hell very i mean they weren't like so strict but it was just kind of like you know wasn't allowed to like watch tv past a certain time like you had to do your homework immediately we all had chores Mm -hmm. um just I don't know. That's not even like really strict, but it was kind of like it, stricter it was, than the average. Was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was stricter than the average, and it was different because like most of my peers, like after school, like they were hanging out with their other friends and right. like going to the movies and parties and sleepovers. But like I couldn't do that, mm-hmm. so like I was like secluded and mm-hmm. not like really um, interacting socially with my peers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, a lot of Caribbean parents kind of keep their kids really close. Yes. So then you end up getting like. I consider my parents my best friends and like me and my sister always talk about this like we're probably closer to our parents than the average person our age just because of like how we were raised but also like growing up in a predominantly white area there weren't a lot of black people around mm-hmm. to relate to so I'm gonna talk to my parents before I'm gonna talk to Chrissy down the street you know right. what's absolutely <laughs> insane you literally just like a light bulb just went out because I growing up I guess my parents they weren't necessarily strict but they were more strict than the people that I grew up around Mm -hmm. it was like you have a set curfew and I'm 20 years old and my curfew is still midnight you know Mm -hmm. or I can't go walking down the street to go to a friend's house alone. I'm 16 years old I'm six foot tall but my brother still has to walk me down the street you know And it was always so weird because my parents had always been my best friends. Like, always. My parents, man, yeah, they were yes. like my homies. <laughs> yes. I was like, I, you know, I, I wasn't like a 16-year-old who was like, let's hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nah, like, I'm going to stay inside and watch a movie with my parents Friday nights type deal. Were, were movie nights yeah. and pizza with my parents. But I, I never thought of the idea that maybe I was so close to my parents because they were the only people that I could relate with in my household. And it's like my brother and sister, they're a little bit older than me. So they were out doing their own things. And I was just kind of like, well, my parents, I can relate to them. So I'm hanging out with them. I love y'all, by the way. <laughs> That's interesting because um, you like I did not grow up in a strict household. At least I don't think I did. I mean, I think 
me and my parents have a good trust so it was like they know if I'm out at like past midnight like I'm not doing something stupid like drugs or whatever so I think I was really blessed in that front but I think with like the whole being secluded and um going to a mostly all-white school is like you, your identity is kind of shaped with that because it's like you're going to school with people who don't look like you, who don't relate to you, and their perception of what you should be is like kind of brought onto you. Know what I'm 100%. saying? That's where so it's like, comes yeah, in. and that's where it comes in because it's like, oh, well, you don't talk black. Yeah, that's <laughs> that your yeah. <laughs> that's the next episode. But we'll go into right. deep dives into all that. But like, it's like their perception because they don't. They don't know. They didn't mm-hmm. grow up with anyone. What makes me sad is like, I never. Th- I, I guess I thought about it growing up, but you know, I was the only interaction for a lot of my friends for with sure. a black yeah. person. For sure, one hundred percent. And that's like that's crazy. And but but at the same time, I was like happy about it because I'm like, okay, if they meet me, they're gonna realize that I'm not like I'm not special. There are yeah. like a ton of black people mm-hmm. that act like me, that think like me, that like you know. You know, maybe me listening to Paramore in high school was weird because what black girl listens to Paramore? But I'm, a lot I'm of them staring do. at Janae. Yeah. yeah, I did too. I feel like yeah. a lot of people yeah. do. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know. For me, I was never necessarily happy to be that one black person. I just always. I I always felt, and this is once again where the theme of being an Oreo comes in, where it's kind of like I'm not accepted by my black peers Mm -hmm. because I'm listening to things like Oreo, like, wow, excuse (laughs) me, because I'm listening to things like Paramore and Fall Out Boy. Yes. Um, But my white friends are looking at me. Like, should you be listening to Tupac? Exactly. Lil Wayne? Exactly. So it's, it's just constantly feeling kind of like an outsider Mm -hmm, like you're on your own island and that no one really understands and and even my family did that kind of stuff even like more distant family relatives and even my immediate family were kind of like is you're kind of weird right listening to this kind of music dressing this kind of way you speak so properly that that was a theme my entire life it was just like you're different i think a lot i think a lot of people can really relate to us um with all that you know Mm -hmm. and we'll like dive in i'm writing down stuff now but like i'm gonna do like I wrote down music so we could do an episode on music mm-hmm. and that and you know sports how you mentioned um just add as we go but yeah I think that's like a huge thing because it's like you have this perception from your family who the, you know obviously that's a predominantly black group yeah. and then you have perception for predominantly white people so it's like well okay y'all are telling me I'm different y'all are telling me I'm different what the hell there's yeah. like no and I think I'm gonna bring that to um an episode of like mixed people mm-hmm. obviously I mean I'm gonna say obviously I'm not mixed but I feel like and I don't want to identify s- with mixed, mixed people, people and I don't yeah. want to sound ignorant and stuff because there are people that are mixed but I just feel like because that's the, how you are perceived you mm-hmm. know that's that that's how you you know kind of like Barack I, Obama like no, he's mixed but he's like you. you know yeah so I just want to I mean maybe we'll have like mixed people in here to talk about their experience because I think <laughs> I mean that's really hard because it's literally you are half half and it's like a group of people and i think what makes people it sucks for them because i feel like sometimes even black people like don't want to claim them yeah you know like Meghan markle and stuff like that and it's like damn mm-hmm. where the where oh, we'll we'll go into that later but I'm we just can saying, have a deeper I, discussion I feel like we question them like black people do question we, mixed people we do. for sure 
I, I think I, I do. I think also this comes into play mainly because you guys can't see me, but I'm a very dark black. I was, I was <laughs> going to bring in skin tone I'm, I'm the, because yeah. I know personally I am light skinned with freckles, y'all. Mm-hmm. I have been mistaked as mixed mm-hmm. my entire Same, life. Too. I mean, my I entire life. No one ever. Mm, you, I ain't mixed. No, <laughs> no. I get people ask me if I'm mixed when they look at my hair because they're very confused. Yeah, you got them curls, man. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's down the line. Somewhere. I feel like people look at my hair and they should just know that this is, you know, <laughs> this is not mixed with white. <laughs> like, y'all Naps. should know. But people will still ask me, like, oh, are you mixed? Yeah. We'll get into that, too. I think it, for, for me at least, because I'm, I'm dark, but um, my mom's a little bit lighter. She likes to say she's dark, but she, I'm sorry, mom, you're not. Um, but I think that kind of also, like, I don't think, um, I don't think it's just white people. I think people outside of no, maybe it is just white people. No, I I used to get asked like from black people like, "Are you mixed?" Oh, okay. white people, people wouldn't even like ask me. Yeah, yeah. I think black, more people black people do that. Ask me. More well, black I've gotten, all the time. I've gotten asked multiple times from people outside of my race that were questioning whether my mom was my mom. Word. What? I need to ask my younger sister that because my younger sister she's like your color, mm-hmm. and my mom is like Kia's color. Mm-hmm. And I wonder like when she goes out with my mom, like if do people look at her weird or, or ask her questions? I'm yeah. definitely gonna ask her that. Cause yeah, that's funny because my I'm like definitely. I mean, I'm lighter than my entire family. <laughs> I feel like my yeah, family's you gonna are actually throwback jeans are. are a thing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like um, I know in Blackish, I didn't see this episode, but they do an episode with Diane being the darker one. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, I guess, like relate to being the darker one. But I, I feel like there's no one that I can really go to that was like, I am significant, significantly lighter than you are. My immediate family, my external family, <laughs> like. And I remember even when we went to God, there's something like, and when we went to vacation, I think it was after my high school graduation, and we went to the islands, and I went with my family, like uh, family friends, um, my sister, all that, and they were like. Oh, is she part of your family? Like, to get on the boat and stuff. And they said something in, like, I don't know what language they were speaking. It was Bahamas. Um, but they were, like, questioning, like, oh, are you are you part of them? And I was just like, yeah. But I, I think people don't, even if you're joking, I think that's kind of messed up to it question is, your it's family. Oh, it's definitely if it's a, a joke. It's just messed up to be like, are, are you sure? Yeah. Like, I don't know. You want me to just carry my birth certificate around and Good. show, you, you know, that's rude. Like, I don't know. I get it. Like. I mean, whatever, I was young, but, like, luckily no one has done that when I go out with my immediate family or my, um, like, other family, but just the Bahamas, though. Was- my sister has that, too. She's my half-sister, um, and my entire immediate family is very light. We are very fair-skinned black folk, um, but my sister is brown skin. Um, and so often, e- even at family events, people will be like, Oh, where's the other daughter? And it's like she's right there. Or what? we'll be out and about and people will constantly ask if she's a cousin or if she's my friend or something like that. So that's been like a huge thing with our family and I know that that's been something that she's like that's very frustrating for yeah. her. Okay. It's just not being identified as a part of the family simply because she's a little bit darker. And I think we all just need to do a better job of like realizing like yes, people come in different shapes and Oh, 100%. Yeah. Unless someone comes out like legit white and you know, you know, someone you know someone. But I just feel like, like, internal, do whatever you want to do. But, like, external, like, you should not be questioning people's yeah. families. That's yeah. rude. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know you. It's it's <laughs> one thing to ask, oh, are you with them? But it's yeah. another thing to say, are, are you, you sure? sure? Yeah. yeah. Is. You're sure? Yeah. But, like, again, I think it's just, I'm always continuously amazed by the stuff that comes out of people's mouths. Uh, because I would never say certain things You would things never to people. think to say that. And I think that also, like, comes back to the whole idea with people telling me to my face, oh, 
you are the whitest black girl, girl I've yeah. ever mm-hmm. met. Or, like, you are such an Oreo. And I'm like, I'm not telling you, like, you're dumb. Yeah. Or, like, you know, you are Jessica. I think white people are really bold with what they say. Because the stuff white people say, it's like, did you think? Did your brain process what you just said to me? I like, think, I think half of it is wanting to see your reaction. Because I know several people have said stuff to me. And I know they just, like, look at me, mm-hmm. waiting for me to react in a certain way. And I think I just bore them because I'm not getting... You're not, you're not, not entertaining them. Yeah, I'm not getting loud like they expect me yeah. to be. And mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like, with everyone, I think we should go around and kind of, like, say how we were first introduced to the word Oreo or, like, how we first realized that we were being labeled as such. I think for me, it's probably, like, moving to the place I grew up. So I grew up in the... Until I was seven, I grew up, like, in the suburbs. I went to a private school. It was, like, ten of us in the grade. We moved up together, and it was, like eight black people two white people um i never felt like different or weird whatever like um yeah and then i moved i think at age seven to rural new jersey like farmland pa which is a we, culture shock me and jenae know yeah and it was really different because i was i didn't know anything and then i went to school and it was a public school it was significantly a large amount of people and i'm 99 percent sure that me and my sister were the only black kids in that school um and that was like i think we moved there third grade and then moved up um i think when we got like maybe like sixth grade there was a little more i can't really honestly i can't maybe if there were like count on like my one hand how many people were in the school and then middle school you get a little more because i went to regional school so it was a different district and then high school i still think like in my grade probably 10 of us in the school definitely less than 50 out of like thousand kids so were people bold to tell you to your face like i think like i probably first experienced stuff like third grade when i move when i realized like oh this is different because you know i went to a small school everyone was black i didn't feel different but when i went to to washington it was like oh me and my sister thank god i have my sister but we were like completely different i i I do remember like some things where people would say this say things and you know that they say it because they have never interacted with you know, a black person before, but I probably wasn't going to say, like, very young. I'm going to say between third and fifth grade, I, I real, someone has, like, mentioned something about being different. I think my, I, like, remember clearly I was, I think three. I was three years old and I was in my preschool class and we were in a circle. Damn, that was and, young. <laughs> uh, my friend at the time, like, took my hand and was like, you're like a monkey. <gasps> your, your skin is really black and then she turned my hand over and then she called on the teacher to ask the teacher to explain why the inside of my palm was so white and my skin was black so like from the time i was little i was yeah so i think a lot of like black people growing up in i don't even know predominantly white spaces but with white people like children don't know but you it's crazy that you remember that three but i also remember stuff like very young like but it's like people don't think about this enough but like your children will say some messed up stuff yeah and it's like just because your children want to be ignorant now i'm gonna think about back to three yeah that i gotta think of that and i'm gonna write that down as another episode of being like specifically school because like growing up i have a lot of experiences with being the only black person in history class that's gonna be Mm. a specific topic oh my god but um, i'm gonna do school history class right now but But, um yeah yeah but that was just the first time i think i realized that like i'm like that i can recall that like i'm very much aware of the fact that i am black 
Um, but I think other instances where I realized that people were kind of associating me with more what they consider to be white traits, which is just stupid because that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a personality trait cannot be associated with a color um, or a race. Um, although, like, the people, like, okay, that's a different subject for another time. Like, whether race is a, race is a social construct, because it is. Um, but I think the first time I realized that people were calling me uh, an Oreo was when I also stepped into like my intelligence when I started to like become at like the top of my class which was probably around fourth or fifth grade mm-hmm. um, and for whatever reason I guess me carrying a book they don't associate reading with black people or being smart with black people so it was like such a shock that yeah. I was trying to educate myself and it was kind of like oh you're smart you're not like other black folks and mm-hmm. I'm just like my I come from a long line of doctors, I'm pretty sure. Like, I come from a long line of doctors. Like, okay. Caribbean folk, just immigrant people too, also just don't yeah. mess with the whole, you're either a doctor, a lawyer, or you're working for the government or something. Like, when I told my parents I wanted to be a writer, they were like, excuse me? <laughs> They're still hoping I'll, I'll be a dentist. Um, you can marry one. Yeah, I said I will glad, and then they and then my my husband can take over their practice. Yeah, um, I think my. I know I experienced stuff before this, but the one that sticks out the most in my brain was from middle school. Um, I was just walking to class. I bumped into this girl and she told me, you know, you're really pretty for a black girl. Oh, yes. Writing that such, down. That's such a common. It's such a common thing. Just, no, you're just. But I. You were just pretty. Thank you. That's all you need to say. You're pretty. But no, she, she let it slip out her goddamn mouth. You're pretty for a black girl. And I was just so taken aback. I remember just really, really not knowing how, like being like, uh, uh, how, how old were you again? Uh, I was in like fifth or sixth grade. Yeah, when so that it happened. seems like almost just a, like very young. Yeah, that's yeah. really young. And like I said, I know that stuff happened before that, but that's the like biggest one that I feel like made me just like, uh, like yeah. I don't even know what to say. And then. My experience with being, huh, I'm, I'm trying to think because a lot of them have to do with just, just pure, pure, pure racism at its finest. Well, it I, is upstate it New is. York. It's, it's up, me and Amari are both from the same exact town in upstate New York. Yes. Spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> uh, New York State may be blue, but remember, there are other places with it. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say after that, I was told, and these are people that were like my friends at the time, and they told me that like I have the right skin tone and that I act (laughs) the right way. Oh, I've heard that too. Yeah, they said you have you have like the Janae. You're so lucky. You have the the right skin tone. tone. You're not too dark, but you're you're tan enough. Mm -hmm. And they're like, (laughs) you're so well spoken, and you're just like the right type of black. Jesus and I was, and these were girls that like I was friends, friends with, yeah. and they say because they think it's a compliment, they, and they're yeah. saying it. They don't know any better. They're they're young. Or like having someone say, "You'd never be my slave." <gasps> what? Someone what? said that to me too. I think really. This was history class. Oh my god, no, history, history class. class. You were yes. you were bringing back so many memories. I remember a boy on the. This is my family's Jamaican, so he, he we were like on the bus and we're rolling by the fields, and he said, "Oh look it." 
that's where you people used to work. Ooh, and he's ah, like, he ah. said, I bet your parents were out in the field picking all that Ooh, weed. Ah, and I was like, wait, what? how? Uh, this I'm was in busy. fifth grade. Okay, I'm I didn't, busy, I, you didn't and at experience. That, at that age, you don't was, know how to take that. You like, don't, how no, do you I react? I literally laughed and was like, ha, no, my, we don't smoke. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, you're like, talking, like, you don't know how to respond to yeah, X. Sometimes it would frustrate me, actually, when I would go and tell my parents these things because they'd be like, well, next time, tell them they ugly. And it's like, no. Thanks, oh. mom, dad. It doesn't help me. And then it's like, like I'm not going to have any friends because all I'm my friends are white. I'm not going to have any friends. I'm going to be alienated. It's already enough I'm that I'm the only black girl in this damn school my, and nobody going to like me. No, my yeah. parents were like, tell me who, what teacher do I need to talk to? <laughs> I swear, when I graduated, they were so glad they got rid of me because if anything happened to me at that school, which it did several times, my parents came down and they knew, and all the students knew too. I knew one one person was like, hey, Mario, did you see your parents in the hallway? And I was like, god damn. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, your turn. Well, my experience isn't as severe as y'all experience, <laughs> but I've bad. definitely been told um, you sound white, mm-hmm. um, especially like in middle school. And then like, again, like going back to like, how do we take I, I didn't know how to take that and I, I was like what does that mean like yeah and uh, on top of like not feeling like like I fit in or anything like that so um I didn't know how to take it until then I realized like at Hofstra mm. another um, spoiler me and Rachel went to Hofstra yeah, together that's when I started to feel like because I never went to school with a, I would never went to like a predominantly white school so then I started to realize like the differences and um, it annoyed the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. It really did. <laughs> That's interesting. You, know, you didn't get that till college. No, but not until crazy. college. But lucky, Hofstra was so tame compared to Very. my high school. Like I cannot remember. And by by that point, I think I was just so used to the dumb shit that people had said to me. You're just immune. I was I was immune to it. So the rare instances where people said dumb stuff, it, it wasn't even severe. It was like, yeah, I like hip hop too. Yeah, and no one was even talking about no mm-hmm. damn hip hop music. Right. Like that was like the only <laughs> instance. It was like a lot of the students like trying to be accepted and like yeah. trying to adopt the black culture mm-hmm. and like feel like yeah, like like you said, like I know hip hop too. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, you know, and it's like it's not just about the music. Right. You know, it's, we do other things outside of right. entertainment. Ooh. Hit them with it. Hell, smack him in the face with it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I made the mistake of going to college in my hometown. Why did you do that? I don't know. What school did you go to? Uh, Lemoyne College, Dolphins in Upstate, because that makes sense. No, I think it's like it's, I think it's Jesuit related. Um, I should know, but I didn't pay attention. Um, but yeah, I literally went in the in my hometown with like most of the kids I had gone to high school with. So it was literally the same environment. The only difference was I just got more black once I stepped into college. It was like. <laughs> You know when you can just like feel it like bursting in you and you just like ah so like it was really exciting because that was during the time what well unfortunate time I think I started to step into myself even more was when all the unarmed um unarmed black men were getting shot um mm-hmm. and uh, I think Sandra Bland really d- threw me over the edge too um, and then also we had the election with Donald Trump. So there was a lot of tension on this very white campus. Um, there was even an, inc- an incident of blackface at one of the Halloween parties. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that the, that, the, that the school helped to throw the Halloween party. And this boy in blackface walked in past administration 
And this then is on a college campus. On a college campus. And how did they how did they do it? I think he maybe got suspended or reprimanded. I don't know. But they sent out an email and like that was all that was said. And then they like had little talks on campus so we could feel better about it. Wow. Hofstra did that a lot. Yeah. But Hofstra did that a lot. Cover their ass. Right. They're coming your ass. But you're sitting with the same people that go to all the same goddamn meetings and we all look like each other. I'm like, I don't need to talk to you about this. You know. You need to talk to the majority. We need to talk to the majority. Y'all, I want to share my awakening story. Mm, I want to share it. I'm I'm going to share it. Budding into into yourself. She's so excited. So I had this this group of girlfriends that I was like, you know, we some of the girls in the group I had gone to school with since like elementary school, middle school. And then others were newer add ons. Uh, We were at lunch one day. One of the newer add ons. She was like huge into SU basketball. Like she was. Oh, you told me this. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Also, SU basketball is not that good. It's not that great, but this girl, like every game, she was like laser focused. <laughs> so we're sitting at lunch. She starts talking about the game, and she's like, "Those stupid niggers lost the game." Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah. "Hit it with it." How old are you? Oh, I, I was. So terrible. I was in eleventh grade. I was in eleventh okay, grade. Okay, thank God I've never had to experience that. I hope I you know what I would do. I'm sorry. I, I hope you. I hope you fight here because there were several people in high school That's and in terrible. middle school that I wanted them to call me that just so I could beat them up yeah. for all the other stuff but that they had said. You know the crazy part about the mindset of a high schooler is that you're kind of like. If I get too angry right now and hit her, that's what she's gonna expect of me, and right. I will just be a nigger to her. Mm-hmm. You'll that's be the angry it. black girl. Yeah, I'm, I'll just be the angry black girl, and on top of that, I'll lose all the rest of my friends. Right. Now, thinking back, I will continue the story, but thinking back, I don't think these people were really too much of my friends anyway. But yeah. to continue the story, she said it. And I went off in like an emotional fury and I called her stupid and all this other stuff. And I stormed out crying. Um, And then later on, she was like texting me, apologizing, saying she was sorry. I was ignoring her. I was like, screw you. Don't want to talk to you. And then there were two other people who were sitting with us when this happened. And one of the other girls, she was like a really close friend to me. We have been friends for a really long time. No, she told me that I should forgive that person (laughs) because she has said sorry to me and that I should basically just get over it and that I'm another white person yeah yeah it was another white person of course it was and she was saying that I was overreacting and that you know she said sorry she feels really bad she's been texting me and calling me and constantly trying to apologize so I should just accept her apology and looking back at it now I I like accepted it but I stopped I distanced myself from Mm -hmm. that group of people and from there I started getting involved in like black groups on campus Mm -hmm. and from there I was just like you know what screw all these people I was like I'm I'm not doing this anymore but it was crazy just looking back at my mindset was more concerned about having friends than my identity but you don't know at that, at that age because it's like I, I yeah. saw you that's all you're surrounded by that's all yeah. you're surrounded and it's like you are we'll get another episode into this but it's like you're at the school you you already don't fit in naturally because you don't look like everyone else so you don't want to make yourself not fit in more mm-hmm. so you kind of take things as you can because it's like well I don't want to you know be another like more of an outsider yeah and then I feel like luckily for me I went to college um a very 
I think it's a very diverse college, Montclair State. And I, like, never had to deal with any of the issues I dealt with in high school. I never felt out of place. I never felt, like... It, it was just it's got it was just like a perfect fit like it mm-hmm. was just like there was diversity everywhere I had white friends I had black friends I had indifferent I had like everything and I, I just never found out a place I never had to deal with the racial issues there was no racial issues that I know of on my campus so luckily I had that to like be like wow this opened my eyes to so many things I put up with but you know I don't know but that was rough um did you have something else you wanted to say or um well I mean I think I think it was just like a comment on the whole mm-hmm. fact that she was talking about basketball and that yeah for that sure these, these black men had lost the game for them and i think it's funny because we're always white people will always root for us when mm-hmm. we're doing something that benefits them in mm-hmm. some way once, once we once we <laughs> mess once we mess up in their eyes we do something wrong and then we come we become the niggers yeah mm-hmm. become yeah. this and it's just like we are not here for your entertainment also there are not a lot of white people on the su team but there are some and mm-hmm. they are part of it too but like it just makes me I don't know, that's, that's or you're starting. engaging in a sport that's like 75% black, black like yeah. you still have, the, and a lot of the NBA players talk about this, like I think it just happened with Russell Westbrook, how like a uh, I think he went to Utah and someone said like, was saying racist stuff to him and it's like, y'all pay money to see a sport which is clearly like dominated by black people and y'all will still be racist to them. No, but mm-hmm. because that doesn't make any goddamn the, sense. It's the thing is that they want you to shut up and perform yeah. as yeah. As, yeah. An, as an shut athlete. Sure. As an athlete, sure. I very much know your job is to get on the field. Yeah. Make us some money. Make us some money. And then also like again, that'll go into our sports episode yeah, that'll because go into our sports episode. the amount of stuff I remember in J V in uh junior high, uh a friend was supposedly joking and she told me, "Yeah, Amari, you, yeah, you go back and you go into the back of the bus, back where you belong." Um, that's yeah. just and it took taste. and it took Jesus one of Christ. my one of my Asian friends. She was like, "No, Amari, that's not all right." I was like, mm-hmm. "It's okay." She's like, "That's not all right. We're going to talk to the coach." That's a good ass friend. Yeah, that was right a good ass friend. Good ass friend. She, I, I knew, I knew, um, and, and yes, she was a good friend. Um, and I was just very. I, didn't, I don't like confrontation and I just felt like if I'm going to bring it it's just going to look like I'm causing trouble mm-hmm. and the coach was just so awkward about it mm-hmm. So and by the end of it I felt like I needed to apologize to her uh, that's how messed up this system is I'm, but that's always I don't I don't know about you guys but I have black girl guilt all the time I know yeah, that, yeah I had that just, I know, had that a right? lot yeah. I had a whole um, bunch but I'm glad we had this conversation because I feel like this is going to lead us down some very good roads yeah, for, some notes for future for episodes. episodes. But, yeah. like, I wish I had the idea of mental health then that I do now that's important to be introspective and think about myself and seek the help that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Rachel is going to do one of our segments. That was a great segment. That was a nice transition. Cheers, that was yes. so, you know, professional. Good job. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, you, you did that. your <laughs> thing. I'm sure sometimes. Yeah, so um, May is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. And I feel like in the black community, we don't talk about uh, mental illness. And I wanted to just define, like, what is mental illness? Mm. And according to mentalhealthamerica.net, a mental illness is a disease that causes mild to severe disturbances and thought and or behavior resulting in an inability to cope with life's ordinary demands and routines. And I think it's also important to like know like the signs and symptoms of mental health. 
Um, like some of them are confused thinking, prolonged depression, feelings of extreme highs and lows, uh, excessive fears, worries, and anxieties, strong feeling of anger, suicidal thoughts, substance use, dramatic changes in sleeping or eating habits, strange thoughts, seeing or hearing things that aren't there, and numerous physical ailments. Um, I just wanted to say that this, that we are not here to uh, diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. We're just here to educate you all. When, if you guys have any like issues or feel like you need to talk to someone, always seek out help and never feel like you should like self-diagnose yourself because it's very important to figure out what's wrong with you. You know, like you are your number one priority and never feel um, like... Say it louder for the black girls in back. You are your number one priority. Never feel like you're... Um, like being a burden to someone before talking about your feelings. And if you feel like you can't go to anyone, um, I'm pretty sure your insurance company or even like New York City offers like some free programs where you can talk to someone. So always seek help. Don't feel like you're alone out there in the world. Hey, That's thank beautiful. you for that. And okay. now on to Janae, the best for last. Hey, y'all. Uh, um, so we're doing a segment of listener letters. Honestly, I want to do this because I'm a messy bitch who loves drama. And I love <laughs> tea. Like, I'm not even going to lie. She's sipping it right now. I'm, I'm shipping it right now. <laughs> um, we had someone write in to our email, which is socalledoreos.gmail.com. Hell yes. Yeah. And thank yeah. you for thank you for sending that email. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to say your first name because I don't want people to look you up and stalk you because I know we're popping and you're popping. <laughs> so, um, Brianna, thank you so much for writing in. Um, Let's and just call her Brianna Tarth. Brianna Tarth. <laughs> Brianna Tarth. Um, so, Brianna, she didn't really have a question, but she just kind of wanted to share her own experience relating to the podcast. Um, she said, I went to a mostly white school for elementary. After zoning bullshit changed, I couldn't go to that school anymore and had to go to one in my neighborhood. So for middle and high school, I went to a predominantly black school. Like my first day of middle school, I was talking to this girl and she asked me why I talk so white. That threw me for a loop and I was truly confused. And she called me an Oreo. I think I assimilated to my new environment pretty well. Don't know what talking white is about, but I don't think I'll speak that way or I don't think I speak that way anymore. Um, I haven't been called that since, uh, but I used to get judged for my choices in music, the songs that I would listen to, um, because I didn't really listen to a lot of hip hop growing up. I like pop music and a couple of the white boy groups like the script. I still have all sorts of musical interests, but now I don't care what people think about it. Oh, that's yes. great. Who cares? Be you, because at the end of the day, what people don't realize, it's like, no, I'm not an Oreo. I'm not the whitest black girl. I'm just being myself. Yeah. yeah. And you are choosing to put me into a box. Yeah. She, just, she just being Brianna. Right. Yeah. I think I think it's so important to recognize, but it's it's a hard thing to spot out when you're young because you're impressionable and you just want to be liked. But like for any of our listeners that are younger, I just want you to know that it's okay. Just like everyone else just said, it's okay to like what you like. Mm-hmm. If someone makes fun of you, well then screw them. Who are they? They're not you. At the end of the 
today, you have to live and you gotta die with you. And so amen. you should like what the hell you like. Girl. And when you graduate, you don't give it. You won't even see those people people anymore. You don't talk to them. You don't talk to them. I delete them off social media. Like, literally, no one cares. Yeah, no one cares what they're doing. Once you find your tribe, you will know because I'm literally sitting with mine. Oh my god. Facts. Facts. And it took, it took, it took, I think it took us all a while. It took like 10 years, but we're here. We're here. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, well, I think that's it. For our first episode, unless yeah. you guys have something else you no. want to mention, nah. I think y'all for listening. Follow us at So Called Oreos on every social media: mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, email us at So Called Oreo at gmail dot com. Um, yeah. We'll see you next. Week. See you next right. time. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the outro music. <laughs>